will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, Tom. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week's episode of the podcast, it's just going to be a solo one. Uh, It's just me, Patrick, um, this week, but we wanted to make sure we got an episode out here uh, since we are now in the Christmas season. So um, first off, I know I just want to wish everyone a, a early Merry Christmas and hope everyone is doing fine in these troubled times. Um, So that's part of why I wanted to get an episode out uh, for particularly for the thing that I watched um, this week. And as far as I know, out of the group of us, I was the only one who watched it because I was the only one that kind of discovered it on their own. um, And now I'm recommending everyone get it watched. Um, and it's a little limited series on Netflix called Over Christmas. Um, and it's a German series. So when we play the trailer, it's it's going to be in German. Um, so if we have any German listeners, they'll understand everything that's being said in the trailer. Uh, but I'm hoping that the, the gist of kind of what the series is about is still kind of able to be gleaned from the trailer. Um there was no like English dub for the trailer, so that's why we're playing the German one. Um, but I do believe I saw somewhere that the 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 series is dubbed on Netflix. I didn't watch it; I watched it in the actual German. Uh, and I would probably recommend you do that. Um, although there's nothing wrong with dubbing, like I've said on the show before, sometimes watching it in the original language is is a better way to experience the piece. Uh, although if you want to fit it in without having to worry about paying a hundred percent 
attention to it and have it kind of on in the background. Uh, of course, English dubbing would be the best way to do that so you understand or can hear what's going on and know what they're saying. Um, but the basic premise of this, uh, and it's really about the only thing that I have an actual criticism of the the show itself, is it's, it's a little cliche. It's very um, Hallmark Channel Christmas movie type of premise. But outside of that... Um, it's it's really well done. But before I get kind of into it, the, the premise of the the series is um, Bastian Kulliner is uh, kind of a, a modern-day person who went for their dreams, failed, is doing uh, a, a mediocre job trying to just get by yet still chase after those dreams. He's kind of the dreamer in his family. Uh, and he thinks everyone else is, you know, uh, perfect and, uh, that they, um, all look down upon him. Um, so when he goes back home for Christmas in his little village, uh, which is absolutely beautiful, um, it, it resentment kind of, um, reigns rampant a little bit, but also he rediscovers some of his um, childhood, his friendships, uh, his family, and uh, kind of the meaning of Christmas. So, uh, as I said, it's kind of a very similar premise to a lot of the Hallmark movies that you see uh, during this time of year, where it's, you know, some jaded person goes back to their small town home and, and rediscovers the meaning of Christmas and finding love and, and so on and so forth. But uh, with that said, let's go ahead and play the trailer for you. Bastian Kollinger? Bastian Kollinger? Hey Basti, ruf mich doch bitte mal zurück. Fuck! Frohe Weihnachten, du blödes Arsch! Loch auf der Rückseite des Geräts und da können Sie dann den Reset vornehmen. Ist das dein erstes Weihnachten ohne die Fiene? Basti, die Säge kommt in den Kofferraum. Ey, halt mal an! Ey, Basti, das können wir echt nicht machen. Ich glaube, die Brigitte kriegt gleich einen Orgasmus und du bist sogar dabei, Walter. Mami. Ich weiß gar nicht, wie lange das her ist, dass wir das letzte Mal Schnee an Weihnachten hatten. Schade, dass er nicht ging, Tja, nichts hält ewig. Du bist ja hier auch ganz schön bekannt, ne? 
hinter dieser sehr charmanten und gut aussehenden Schale <lacht> versteckt sich ein kleiner, ängstlicher Junge voller Selbstzweifel. Du, manchmal da ist das Leben nicht so einfach. Als wir klein waren, da fand ich das richtig super, dass mein bester Freund auch bei uns wohnt. Und ich wollte immer sein wie du. Liebe Schwiegermutter, das ist ein Seniorenhandy. Du kannst uns im Notfall immer und überall erreichen. Das ist doch Schwachsinn. Kann man da wenigstens tindern? All right, so that was the trailer. And I, again, I hope everyone is able to uh, tolerate listening to it in the German. Uh, I did try to find an English dub trailer, just couldn't find it on YouTube. Um, but I would recommend if if any of that sounded intriguing and you kind of want to know what they were saying, uh, go look up the, the trailer. Um, I might even put it here in the show notes so it's easy to link to uh, and check it out because uh, there are also images within the trailer that I think would uh, would find humorous. And, uh, you know, of course, once we get this podcast eventually in whatever future we can get it into, uh, we'll have a video component to the show that, uh, you know, we won't just rely on you as the audience going out and looking up these trailers to watch the images. But anyways, uh, the first thing I really want to talk about with this uh, series is there. Well, there are a couple things, but so first off, if you're worried about runtime episode length, um, fitting it into a schedule, multiple seasons, anything like along those lines, uh, it is a limited series. So it's only one season. It is only three episodes, and the longest episode is 50 minutes, which is episode two. I believe the first episode is around 47 minutes, and the final episode is around like 44-ish minutes. So it's, in essence, it's about like a two-hour movie, um, and it is it is very manageable. I, I am a person, I think I've said it on the show before, who has a really hard time kind of binge-watching shows and devoting a lot of time uh, into episodes or multi-seasons and, and depending on episode run times and stuff like that, balancing it with everything else that I've got with all the other streaming services I've got, video games, books, so on and so forth. So it's really hard for me to try to commit to a series, especially if there are hour and a half episodes or, you know, three episodes in a row that are over an hour and then it drops back down to a 40-minute episode or something like that. Now, that's that's just a complaint solely to me. It's not a complaint on any shows or anything like that. It's, it's just how I can manage it and how I feel justified in spending the time watching it. Um, so I found this very manageable, and I only started the first episode – just on a whim, I was I was scrolling through on Friday night, uh, just you know looking for stuff to watch, and this I came across it, and I um, I sort of watched the trailer. I, I didn't uh, fully watch it. Uh, I got enough to kind of get the the gist of it a little bit, and I've been kind of wanting to watch something to get along in a little bit of the Christmas spirit. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a watch. It looks interesting. Um, and so I, I didn't watch it all at once, but I did watch it within by Saturday. I had it. I had it finished. Um, I, I was started it kind of late on Friday night with the first episode. And, and since I'm 
an old man who goes to bed early. Um, I didn't get the other two episodes watched until the next day, but I, I would highly recommend watching it in one setting. Although if you need to break it up, there's really no issues. They are separately defined episodes um, with, you know, good solid endings to each one. Um, except maybe the final, final episode. It, it maybe could have had a little bit of a stronger ending. Um, but it, it's very manageable and knowing that I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, another six episodes, another 10 episodes, another season necessarily, it tells a one and done story and it does it very succinctly and very well. Um, so the major thing that hit me first when watching this series was the music um, now, Bastian is a musician. Uh, he's a failing musician. He's not really succeeded in his dream. And he's been the biggest uh, obstacle within achieving that dream himself. It's, And I think that that's part of why I... Uh, uh, I, I liked this was I could see a lot of elements of myself within the character. A lot of things that... Um, I, I know I stand in my own way of achieving certain goals or dreams. Um, so I thought it was th- – that's part of one of the things that really drew me to the show and to the character. Um, but the music is absolutely beautiful. There's a mixture of you know Christmas songs, uh, regular American music or just English music, uh, and, then his, and then German music. And um, so there's – a beautiful soundtrack uh, to this entire series. So uh, that's even of that alone. I think that people would enjoy that aspect if even if they didn't enjoy maybe the characters or the stories or anything like that. So that was the first thing off the bat that really struck me about this, and especially the opening scene. Um, it, and it and it played in the trailer, although um, you know again it's in German, so understanding it might be a little difficult unless you're German. Uh, he is doing um, or he is auditioning for a basically a songwriting gig, and he does his little song, and the um, the text uh, they you know go off uh, off mic from talking to him but one of them sets their mugs on this button that you know unmutes them and they're openly criticizing his music while also trying to put on a face like that they enjoy it um and it's actually just something that is all in his head uh, no, no no real spoiler it's within the first five minutes of the first episode uh, and i think we've all had those moments where we have kind of feared to take this step and we work it up in our head that if we if we take this step we're automatically going to fail so um you know it's very interesting aspect there, there are scenes throughout the series that that get go along those ways where uh and they're not delineated really well but uh, I, I think that actually kind of works in its favor um especially like once you kind of pick up on the shtick uh that you kind of know when something's imagined in his mind versus what's uh, kind of going on in reality. Um, but then kind of the overall inciting incident is he just wants to go back home and spend Christmas with his family. Uh, he is, although they say it's been ages, you know, he's, he was broken up from his longtime girlfriend. Um, but kind of as his brother, younger brother arrives, she's now dating him. So it adds this kind of, you know, love triangle into it. Um, 
that eventually by the end of the first episode kind of turns into a, a, a square essentially because uh, he kind of run he runs into someone and starts falling for her and I think that that was the aspect of the series I liked the most was Bastian kind of coming to terms with his uh, former relationship and testing the waters of this new relationship that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, for him, life was over when breaking up with Fine that um, when Karina comes along, it just it just kind of catches him off off guard and uh, as it would about anyone. Um, now, although Bastion is the focus of the series and his interactions with his family, this has a great supporting cast. His father and mother are, are perfectly played. The mother wants Christmas to be perfect. The father just doesn't want any arguments. And, and there's also an underlying, without going into into spoilers, there's an underlying problem there within in the parental dynamic um, that everyone else seems to kind of be aware about and Bastion is the only one who doesn't know and it's kind of explained in the third episode why uh, he is the last one to find out and it, and it makes complete sense especially when you get the context of the first and second episode that by the end of the second episode you under kind of understand why they uh, this Thane has been kept from him. Um, so it, it's it, it's got great comedy. Um, there are some great moments that like him and his brother in the first episode trying to find a Christmas tree uh, and basically all the trees are cut down. They go to the lot. All the good trees are pretty much taken. Um, and as they're driving back home in defeat, they discover kind of the perfect tree outside the uh, the church. And uh, let's just say hilarity ensues with that later on. Um, so it's it's it takes um, it, it takes the course over three days. Uh, the first day being the 23rd. The second episode is, is Christmas Eve. Uh, and then the final episode is Christmas. And um, there's just a lot to love about it. Like I said, the the village is beautiful. Um, pardon that. That would be my email. Um, it, it, the name of it, I believe, is like Eiffel. Uh, th- th- that's the easiest way or the kind of closest way I can pronounce it, but I'm sure it's different in German. Um, but it's just this beautiful kind of cobblestone road village. Uh, I would I would love to live there. Um I'm not particularly someone who would want to necessarily go and live in another country, but just this village itself, if it were an actual village, and if it were even in the States, if I could find a village that looked exactly like this, I would want to live there in a heartbeat because it was just small town. Everyone knows each other. Uh, everyone's kind of very respectful. And um, it, it's just, it's just, it's a beautiful kind of idyllic little village um and that's again another part of the charm of the show uh so getting to kind of back to the kind of supporting characters uh you've got the brother who is the overachiever he's a doctor he's handsome uh, successful so everything that he does for bastion uh, other, you know, as well as dating his ex-girlfriend, always comes across to Bastion as a slight, and so there's that sibling rivalry that's humorous, also frustrating at the same time. So, 
Um, you know, it's it's very reminiscent of certain family dynamics. I, I can't say I have that type of dynamic with my brother, but we've had our fair share of fights. Uh, you know, we've gotten into our own little childish arguments in the past, um, rightfully and wrongfully so. So, uh, you know, it's very easy to identify with those characters in, in that aspect as well. Um, you have... Ingo, I believe, if, if I'm saying that right, is an old childhood friend who, you know, it's he's the he's the single guy that no one can understand why he's single, and that's uh, something I will get into uh, a little bit spoiler later on here uh, in my discussion uh, because I saw something that was written as a review on this on IMDb that uh, I I have to kind of argue with uh, in a, in a sense. Um, and then you have, uh, I believe his name is Hagen, who is kind of the the village community organizer. I mean, he works at the at the um, the old folks' home, who takes care of all all the the people there. He uh, does stuff with the church and with the kids, and and in fact, like Bastian says it several times, like you need to be mayor. You love this town. You love this village. You're so good. You work with everyone. You know everybody. Everybody loves you. Uh, and he's a very very great character. Even though I think he needed a little bit more screen time, and and a slight more development, but. Uh, they do very w- well enough with him with what he does, and the actor who plays him does a really great job just coming across as this person who is genuinely altruistic. Um, a little bit childish, but but cares more about others than just himself. So I, I really appreciate that as well. You have Karina, um, who is just... a very interesting character, and although we get a lot of her, uh, there's... I would have liked uh, some more of her backstory uh, explored. Like we get uh, exposition about it, but not not a whole lot else. Um, so because we know she's she deals with a little bit of her own stuff, um, and it gives her kind of a sounding board for Bastion and kind of also a, a compass for Bastion when Bastion has kind of stepped out of bounds. But we don't get enough, I think, overall development from her. Um, for us to fully understand where she's coming from in, in these discussions. So, um, but again, a character I really enjoyed and I think was was great to kind of throw in the path of Bastion, who's kind of going through this existential crisis, and um, and you know nothing will ever be right. You know he's never recovering from this relationship, even though he's telling everyone he has recovered, and then. You know, like a a port in a storm, Karina comes out and and makes things bearable for him. So I I really enjoy that. And there, I, I it's, it kind of makes me think of one particular scene. I, be, I believe it's in the second episode. They're watching, um, or they're there for for mass, and it is funny on two counts. It's funny for the kids coming out and doing the nativity scene. Because you have one of the kids dressed up like Batman, and it's absolutely hilarious. The second funny thing is the priest completely losing it during his sermon over the Christmas tree. And uh, it, it is one of the funniest moments in, in the whole program. So I, I really, really enjoyed that. And the humor is very spot on. I found myself cracking up several times. Uh, and a character that also... Uh, brings a lot of the comedy is the grandmother Hilde. 
Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you were able to pick it up in, in part of the trailer, but they get her a, an, an iPhone. Um, and, of course, she's, you know, like any older person who doesn't care for any type of technology like that. She uh, One of the first things she says is, well, does it come with tender? And it just cracked me up. Uh, and she's just a very funny character altogether. So I, I think that one of the reasons I, I really like this is it, it just it was heartwarming. It was there were no real politics involved. There was nothing, you know, world politics wide um, in it. It was just about Christmas, about family, about growing up, about finding love, about um, coming to terms with yourself, coming to terms with, uh, with family struggles, um, coming to terms with your place in the family. Uh, so it, it just, it, it was very, and again, like I said, the, the kind of few points I knock off on this is, is that it's very cliche of a Hallmark movie, but I think that they do it different enough for, for someone like me, um, and, and the music being a huge part of it, uh, I, I, cause that's centrally what it comes down to is him being a musician and him overcoming his fears of failing as a musician. And, uh, it, it's the music adds, even in the German, it adds a very special quality to the show. And, uh, that's where I wish it kind of had a little bit more definitive ending. Uh, it, it has a definitive ending, but it, it still leaves more of wanting to know what what's going to come next for Bastion and what's going to come next for Karina, what's going to come next for the family. Um, so I, I wish uh, – and I th- believe that this is based off of a German book from what I saw in the credits um, – and so maybe I'll try to look the book up and maybe the book goes into more detail or, or something um, because it just – it ends and it ends in a very nice way. But again, I, I kind of wanted to know what was coming next for these characters or specifically Bastion and Karina. Although everything seems to be right at the end, I, I want to know does Bastion decide to go back to Berlin? Does he decide to become – you know, actually go for the audition and does he become a successful musician or does he decide to stay in the village and, and, and reconnect with everyone and become a part of the community? Cause it's, it's very open-ended cause they all give him, you know, kind of shit for going to Berlin and he only comes back this one, one time of the year for these couple days. Uh, and, you know, it's it's just one kind of question I would have wanted answered. So that's pretty much all I've got um, to to say about it um, without going into any type of spoilers. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It was very uplifting. It was nice to kind of lose myself in the story um, and, and follow these characters around. I thought they were all very well written, even if they needed a little bit more um, – more defining, more exposure, more screen time. Maybe they could have tweaked the episode lengths a little bit more just to give us some more backgrounds into these other characters. Because as for what I'm going to talk about in the spoiler section, um, you know, there's 
stuff that's done that it's quickly explained, but they don't linger on it and they don't uh, talk about the real over the real overall impact. It, it does get expressed, but it kind of then gets brushed under the rug and you're like, well, wait a minute. This is going to have long lasting effects on this person and the community. So what the heck? Um, so with that said, Go check it out on Netflix if you haven't already seen this. I don't expect it to. It just came out on the 27th, so it's only been out for about a week. Um, I didn't even find it until I was just scrolling through the vast library of Netflix. Uh, and and this is something about Netflix that I really like. And there are a lot. There's a lot of things to not like about Netflix, such as the rising uh, prices, um, certain programming that. Is a little objectionable, um, or even just putting straight out any type of political propaganda per whoever is is doing any type of production, or or you know is basically any type of donor to Netflix. There is still an inherent factor of Netflix that I really like, and that's discovering things that are not from my country, that's not from the States, that's from overseas, that's from the Middle East, that's from Germany, that's from Russia, that's from all these countries that have their own programming that we've in the past never had any exposure towards. You might have heard of something or might come across it on the internet and go, oh, wow, that sounds interesting, but getting access to it in your country was always going to be extremely difficult unless it was like a mainstream thing like an Avengers movie or something like that I like this idea of being able to come across I've added so many different foreign shows uh, there's one on there I need to finish called Paranormal it's Egyptian uh, that I, I've really enjoyed uh, that one I am watching in the English dubbing but uh, this exposure to different cultures and to different programs and, and kind of their spin on some of these classic stories or ideas is really great. And I really like getting this exposure to it. So although there might be some issues I have with Netflix as a service or some of their business practices, I'd still like coming across content like this because had it not gone to Netflix, it might have only stuck around in Germany and I would have never found it. And this is now something, honestly, if it were to come out on physical media, I'd probably pick it up. I'd probably watch it every Christmas, around Christmas time. I wouldn't necessarily watch it on Christmas, but I, I, this is a title I would revisit every Christmas because I really enjoyed it and I really liked the, the story. Um, so the... With that said, um, go check it out. I think you all like it, um, especially if you're looking for something that's not super serious, that's heartwarming to kind of escape from the craziness of the world right now and the uncertainty that we're facing. This is a very good thing to kind of escape for two hours from. So go check it out. Um, we're going to go into one spoiler detail uh, and then we'll go into the score. So uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, go ahead, drop out, come back later, uh, and listen to the rest of this. So you have been warned. Okay, so the character of Inigo, uh, or Ingo, or however you say his name, it's very evident 
kind of when we first meet him. You, you very much get the vibes of what's going on because everyone keeps going, I don't know how he's still single. I don't know how he's still single. All the ladies are all, hey, Ingo, hey, Ingo. Uh, they're all over him. And he doesn't seem to really have any interest. And in the second episode, it's revealed that he's gay, which I have no issue with. I had actually, <clears throat> I mean, like I said, I kind of picked up on it in the first episode, and it's not anything that's super in your face or, or preachy or anything like that. Um, so when <clears throat> when Bastion has this kind of meltdown in the in the town square, and he outs in Ingo, um, do I think that that's wrong? Absolutely. I, I it was a scorched earth policy. It was Bastion kind of having this complete meltdown, and he was getting everyone caught in the crossfire of him having this meltdown. So it was definitely not right for him to do that. I agree. It is a person's an individual's uh, right or um, imperative to come out when they choose to come out. Uh, It was also balanced with a good point Bastion makes to him later is, but we're your friends. Like we, you could have told us like I, we would not have judged you. And in fact, he at one point goes, well, are we still friends? And he's like, of course, like that, that dynamic difference that dynamic change did not actually impact any one of of them of the core friends it might impact some of the other people in the village but the people that it really matters to didn't care so what i'm getting about here is um i saw a review on imdb because i was curious to see because i enjoyed it so much i was i was kind of interested to see what type of score this was getting on there and for the most part, you know, 6.7 out of 10 is probably not, you know, too far off of what I, I'm going to give it. Um, but they were going – this person was giving it a low review. And I and I assume I'm, – I'm making the assumption that this person is gay or at least has strong ties to the L, LGBTQ community. And, and again, no issues with that whatsoever. Uh, but they totally kind of tear, tear this this whole show down based on this occurrence, this this outing him in front of the community uh, and and acting like they the show did nothing to address it uh, that that say it was wrong that, you know, or anything like that. I, I want to remind, of course, this person's not listening to the show, I'm sure. But I I, I want to draw your attention to the fact that. When Bastion is trying to patch everything up, Inigo tears into him and, and tells him, you know, this was wrong. Why did you do this? It's my choice to come out. I wasn't ready to come out. Uh, this was very wrong for you to do. This is going to impact business decisions, business uh, contracts, because he's the uh, kind of head of, the lo- of a local company, of his father's company. I mean, and he gives Bastion what for, for doing that. And Bastion apologizes. He doesn't. He he says, I was wrong. This was not right for me to do. Uh, I am so sorry. Um, But also at the same time, you could have you could have told us you could have trusted us. And I get that that is a very big thing for 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 someone to do, to trust somebody with that type of information. Uh, but if you're truly our friends, if you truly are, 
good family, and I don't mean family in the sense of, of blood family, but as much as I consider Pat to be my brother, even though he, we're not blood related, we've known each other for over 20 years now, um, that he, he is essentially part of my family. And if I ever felt like I had a big secret I was hiding from him, uh, and if I if he had to find out on his own, I could understand him having a sense of betrayal because he would accept me for whatever fault I may have. Uh, and, and vice versa. I mean, that's I, I think something that is is lost amongst humanity right now is this ability of being accepting of being understanding of of being tolerant but there it does have to be balanced of things not being shoved in other people's faces or uh or um being bombastic about it being preachy being i i don't know what else to kind of really say about that but you know so i i've i've read that thing and I'm sitting there going, because I just watched the episode, I'm going, well, wait a minute. Every point you're bringing up here, the show addressed it. The characters addressed it. And Nico tore him a new one. Bastian also told him, you know, hey, we're we're friends. You could have trusted us with this information. Um, we don't care. It's a different world. It's a different society. We're here to to protect you like or not protect you but to to be with you in it together um so i i i found that that criticism was was and that was the only thing the review criticized it didn't criticize production value it didn't criticize acting it didn't criticize the writing it didn't criticize the series as a whole it just lingered on that one particular moment and i don't want to invalidate anybody's criticism because uh, they are right to have that cri- that criticism, but it's also my right to kind of point out the faults within that criticism. They could have maybe thought that that portrayal was not well portrayed. I, I might agree with them on that aspect. Like I said, the lasting impacts of what that's going to have on Ingo and the community I don't think is actually fleshed fleshed out well enough because that is going to have an impact, especially if it's a small conservative German village. I, I do. I think that, you know, of course this is thinking of the after what happens after a movie or a series has ended. Uh, do I think that the community is going to be accepting of him? Absolutely. In fact, he even says that people uh, were thrilled uh, certain people, not necessarily everybody, but certain people were thrilled and and and, and thought it was fine, and, and mainly because it, it assuaged why they never understood why he wasn't married with a wife or anything like that. Now they understood, and, and you know, and it also kind of gave a, a, a sense of levity to the man that he is in a relationship with. Um, because again, when when he's outed at the at the town square, um, you know he's kind of going, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" And then by the end of it, when Bastian's giving his second speech and talking about, you know, it doesn't matter who you love and and whatnot, you can see this kind of sense of relief and and um, happiness in, in, in the boyfriend. Um, so, you know, it was, it was something that like, 
although the method of how it was delivered was probably not the best method, it was probably good. That's the one thing that I, I can give credit to is like the stuff did kind of need to get aired because everyone was pretending. Uh, everyone was trying to hide from things. Everyone in the in the show was trying to hide from something. Bastion himself was even trying to hide. Uh, maybe the only person that wasn't trying to hide was Karina. Um, because she is, like I said, that kind of moral compass for him and, and guiding him when he has erred. Um, so that that's kind of where I had the issue is and and they I believe they did call him a man baby in the review and and he is like that's that is the point the point for the show is for him to grow up and, and become a man and uh and to take these chances to take these risks to not blame necessarily the world but to accept what you have done wrong and what you have prevented yourself from achieving and that is kind of the message in it. Um, so, and it, and it's something that is kind of I think prevalent today of of people in, in my generation is is kind of having this n- no compass, this this thing of trying to achieve but not really have feeling that they have the the means to achieve and just trying to just survive at this point. So I think that that's why this spoke to me a lot. So I, I don't want to, you know, tear that that person apart, but I just kind of wanted to poke some flaw, some holes in their arguments that that I found. Um, it doesn't invalidate their criticism, and they're free to not have liked the show. But I don't think it was valid, a, a valid, uh, a fully valid criticism. I don't think that they did the show justice by the score that they gave it on IMDb um, and that they came from more of a place of anger and upset and uh, rather than rationality. Uh, I think that that's part of the problem we face with a lot in like film criticism right now. Um, in particular, there is a movie that I would like to review. I have seen the original. I have seen the first remake. And I'm sure by telling that enough, we'll have people understand, at least people within the horror community, understand what movie I would like to talk about. I tried watching it last night. I got 20 minutes before I turned it off. I will try to finish it. But I know the stuff that I would have to say about it, criticism-wise, would be immediately attacked because of my, my gender and where I'm coming from. Whether I have a valid or not argument would be damned from some people. And I'm not saying that this is the vast majority, but the voices that, that, that get elevated in that sense are the ones that are loudest enough that I, I feel that it's not worth me even commenting on for an episode of the podcast. Maybe if I were to do it, Whenever we would get Patreon set up or something like that, it would be an exclusive episode there that if you wanted to hear thoughts on that film, you could hear them and and kind of safeguard it. Because I I never want to tell somebody that they they can't comment on a movie, that that they can't watch this movie because this movie's not for them. But inversely that they also have to understand that a person's going to watch something and they're going to take away what they're going to take away from it. And that does not invalidate what they have to say about the movie. You don't have to agree with it, 
but it doesn't mean that they're wrong at that because of some thing about that particular individual that's reviewing it invalidates their opinion altogether. So I don't want to invalidate this this reviewer on IMDb um, in, in their criticisms because, like I said, maybe they're closer to that community. Maybe they had more of a visceral reaction, and maybe they turned it off. Maybe they turned off the show uh, at, at the moment Bastion outs Ingo and, and did not catch – them addressing the issues that this person took with it. So, uh, you know, that's where I don't want to invalidate them, but that's where I I also have to say, Hey, wait a minute, take a step back, remove any type of personal bias or personal afflictions. Uh, It's not really the right term I want to use, but, but your, your biases, remove your biases for a minute. And I tried to do that with this other movie. I even got past the points that really made me want to turn it off. And then it, when it got to a particular scene, I was like, okay, this is, oh, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this tonight, at least. Um, that's maybe where, where it's coming from. You know, so I, I, I don't want to invalidate them. They're right to, they have the right to say what they have to say about it, but I also have the right to prevent a, or to point out a counter argument and say, Hey, this is what I took from it. So I'm not invalidating what they said. I hope they wouldn't invalidate what I have to say. So, uh, sorry if I got a little preachy there, that was not really in the intent, but that was kind of my reaction. When, when reading that, I would have been fine had they poked holes in plot, had they poked holes in acting, uh, set design, character, music, direction. They, they, they took umbrage with a particular scene, and that's all they focused on. Whereas, as if you, if you listen to this review, I've talked about several different aspects of this as a whole and certain things that did or did not work for me. And that's, that is what film criticism is supposed to be it's not you don't focus on one particular aspect you've got to look at it from a 360 uh degree view you've got to look at it from on a technical aspect on a performance aspect uh on a message aspect on a written aspect so there are different layers that you have to look at this to actually provide in my opinion, an accurate description. Now, I'm not saying I always do a great job of that. Um, but that that is, I think, what... If you're at least hitting on some of those things, that is at least leaning more validity to your, to your criticism. Um, whereas when you focus on one... I could focus on one aspect. I could have focused on the music of this show and said this was a 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5 show because I loved the music. Well, that doesn't provide a good enough base for someone to listen to this review and go, okay, I'm going to watch this because Patrick said the music in this was great. He didn't say anything about the characters. He didn't say anything about the story. He didn't say anything about the acting, the directing, uh, the cinematography. He didn't say anything about that. But I'm going to watch it because he said this, this, and this. That would be, in inversely, if I had just read this person's review and I agreed with them, but I didn't watch the show in context to understand what was actually going on and said, okay, I am not watching this show, then that would be wrong on me as a viewer because that's not enough context. Because if you were to read that review alone in standing, you would think that this was a very big, big, big part 
of the series. And in rather, it's actually not. It's very minor. Maybe they could have done a better job addressing it or writing it out, fleshing it out. I, I will agree with that 100%. But it's a very minor aspect about the show. So when you focus on a minor aspect about the show, it would be like me on this movie uh, that I would like to talk about and like to finish, focusing on the things that make me angry, the things that I can't separate my personal beliefs or biases out of and focusing and saying it was only this, 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 this. It was just this, 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 this. Now, if I watch the rest of the movie and the rest of the movie supports that that argument, then that's completely different. Um, but then at that point, I can talk on, hey, due to this particular scene here, due to this character interaction here, due to the screenwriter's thoughts on this, due to blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. At least then I can provide for for a listener or for an audience evidence to back up what I'm having an argument about. When you can't do that, I I, I find it your footing to be weak. So uh, again, I don't want to invalidate this person or what they're saying about the show. I just think that they needed to look at this from a different perspective or from an overall perspective. How did this fit within the rest of the story? How did this actually impact the actual characters involved? Uh, And then if they could have succinctly said that, then I could I could agree with them more. I could say, yeah, you know what? You make a very, very valid point. They do make a valid point in saying that the impact that this will have on that character is going to be very difficult to overcome. I can agree with that, but everything else that they kind of said in that review, I can't fully agree with. So, again, sorry for the rant. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll go into the score uh, and my score of the of the series. Uh, I can tell you right now, it's a highly, highly recommend good escapism. You will enjoy it. It will help you get in the Christmas spirit. I'm going to go with a four out of five. Um, it, it just, I really enjoyed it. The music was great. The actors were great. <clears throat> uh, it, it was good comedy. It was heartlifting. It had good drama. Um, Again, valid my my or not valid. My my criticism is it's very cliche of a Hallmark movie, but coming from Germany and watching it in the German and kind of seeing a different culture and a different aspect to to everything that was going on, I, I think also up you know lifted it above those uh, types of of movies uh, or shows. So highly recommend it. Check it out on Netflix. It's not a huge time investment. Um, and with that said, we will, uh, talk to you guys next week. Uh, I believe, I believe we'll have an episode. I know, uh, we will be covering the Mandalorian after the finale. We've got two episodes left. I know we are dying, dying to talk about it. Um, but we might give you some more Christmas themed episodes talking about either some Christmas horror or some other Christmas movies we like, uh, um, to talk about. So if you're not following us on, uh, Twitter. You can follow us at Critics NT Cynics. I know we've been a little bit quiet over there, but that's just the time of year um, and just, you know, also trying to escape from some things. But we do tweet out our episodes uh, occasionally. We, you know, tweet out to other people and stuff like that. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at the uh, Critics Not Cynics uh, podcast. Um, 
love for you to follow us over there. We, we, again, we post the episodes up there, uh, and I would love to get a social media manager who will be better at posting stuff on our social media platforms. Cause I just don't have the time or patience, uh, nor the acumen uh, on doing a great job with that. So if anyone wants to do that for free, you can write, write to us at critics, at gmail.com. Um, you know, or if you just want to write in, tell us what you think of the show and, uh, or anything that you want us to cover. Uh, I need to get better at answering the people that send me uh, screener links or, or want to send me screener links because God knows I get enough of them and I just don't have the time to, to check them all out. Um, but then you can follow us on iTunes, Critics Not Cynics Podcast, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, Amazon Music, uh, Podbean. We're at, basically at this point, wherever you get your podcast from, we're on there. I think the only thing we're not currently on is Audible Podcast because that's fairly new. I believe we we're submitted for it, but I don't know if we've been accepted on there. Um, also, just to kind of shout out the um, Leslie Monday podcast, which we'll be launching here fairly soon in the new year. Uh, I know Leslie's excited. Uh, also, uh, panicking, you know, getting everything ready and trying to make sure she's generating interesting content. I know she will have, I believe, I don't know if it will be at launch, but at some uh, early on, she will end up having video on YouTube. Um, I know she's looking at possibly launching with the new season of the expanse reviews um, and, and talking about other sci-fi genre stuff and books. So, Go, uh, I believe you can already follow her. She just doesn't have any episodes released at the moment. Uh, but if you can find her on any of those platforms, go check her out, uh, follow, subscribe. Also, if you wouldn't mind, even for her, leave a, uh, a rating and review once she has episodes, of course, uh, and leave us a, a rate and review on whatever service you use um, to listen to us. It really helps uh, kind of get get us around, spread us out, find uh find new people um, to listen to the show. So, all right, guys, we will talk to you next time.